Welcome to Sane Split, a podcast about staying sane when relationships end. I am AJ Jakubowska, family law lawyer and mediator. Just like you, I'm human. I understand what can happen when people separate. Lots of questions swirling around like confetti. Lots of uncertainty, perhaps anger, disappointment, or even pain. Sleepless nights, shallow breathing. Will I ever be happy again? Will the kids be okay? How much is all this going to cost? All of these questions are human and you're not alone. This podcast features my thoughts about separation and my interviews with other humans who help people when their relationships end. People who assist with legal issues, who mediate, who look after hearts and minds, and even after the pocketbook. People who might help you plan your future. What you will hear is not legal advice. These are dialogues primarily about the human aspect of separation. We will try to stay away from legal lingo. It's humans talking to humans. I hope that something you hear will help you navigate your way to a sane split. Welcome and thanks for tuning in. This episode, the first of season three of the podcast, is being recorded on April 2nd, 2021. I didn't sleep well last night. In fact, that isn't accurate. I slept very little. For hours, I wasn't able to collect my thoughts, calm them, and organize them. My eyes were filled with tears. Earlier on Thursday, I received some very upsetting news about someone I care about very much. I have to accept the news. The outcome cannot be changed. Without question, today was filled with love and compassion from my friend. I was and remain sad, and there is more sadness to come, I'm afraid. This morning, I felt like my battery was drained. There was no joy in the sunrise, even as my beloved birds were chirping outside, even as the sun filled my garden with spring cheer. I was down and tired. I kept thinking how unfair the circumstances are for my dear friend. I was sad. I was weepy and I was disappointed. The lack of sleep was tangling my thoughts, so I decided that this would not be one of those days when I can charge around, accomplish, decide, resolve, learn. I decided it was a day for self-care because my batteries needed recharging. I meditated at sunrise and then after a hearty breakfast, my husband and I went for a long, long hike. It was a beautiful early April morning with the sun filtering through trees, preparing to burst into green. The birds seemed to wait for us along our path and then happily scatter as we got closer and closer. Despite the promise of spring, the air was still quite crisp and I thought how glad I was I had brought my gloves. My hands were encased in warm cocoons. As we walked through the woods along paths and trails, as we climbed small hills and jumped across creeks, my heart was 
still filled with sadness, but my thoughts were falling in place. And I was able to approach the news I received last night with more calm and serenity. I was better able to come to terms with it, see it in its full context. After lunch, I did some work in the garden and also planted some seeds indoors. I wanted to remain close to nature. That is what I know recharges me, sustains me, nourishes me. This is my idea of self-care, what works for me. Separation can be a devastating blow, a life-altering experience. For many, the end of a relationship is a decision made by someone else, and the outcome cannot be changed. There is no way out but to accept it. The time it takes to sort out all those issues that come with the event, emotional, legal, financial, psychological, can really, really drain one's batteries, demand a level of presence, commitment, and attention, which is truly challenging. I am talking to you today as a human being first. I have no mental health qualifications, but I do have over 25 years of experience watching other humans grapple with separation as a family law lawyer and mediator. I am also a Buddhist. The teachings of Buddha inform my outlook on life and guide me every day. I am not selling them to you, not at all. I did want to tell you about my spiritual background because in this talk, from time to time, I make reference to what I learned along the way in the hope it might help you as well. From my experience, it is much easier to identify the need for self-care than to actually administer it. So many tasks, responsibilities, compete for our time every day, every hour. Parenting can be like having three full-time jobs at the same time. Carving out time for self-care is challenging to say the least. Those who experience separation and have to deal with the myriad of things which come with it, decisions, financial pressure, self-doubt, add all these to the already challenging and demanding life the rest of us face each day. Complicated, noisy, attention demanding. And I do recognize that few people can take an entire day for themselves, particularly when you are parenting and struggling to juggle all those balls without letting any of them fall. But don't give up on self-care simply because you think you need to invest days or even hours in looking after your own needs. It does not have to be an entire day. It can begin with small increments, even a few minutes at a time. A few moments to carve out a space for yourself, to focus on yourself and identify how you feel 
express compassion for yourself, perhaps even whispering it out loud, acknowledging that you're struggling, hurting, sad, or disappointed, acknowledging you are worthy of self-love and self-care. I won't be the first or the last to tell you how important breath is. In my 20s, I never gave it a second thought. In my mind, it was an automatic function of the body, and I did not spend any time thinking about it. But I wish I had. I now understand so much better how spending some time thinking about our breath and giving it particular volume or pace can truly alter a moment or even an hour, perhaps a day. I have learned how to deal with a moment of stress or anxiety with breath alone. You can do it too. It's a powerful tool in our arsenal and a very important part of self-care. When we are rushed, nervous, or anxious, or all of those things at the same time, we take shallow inhales and make shallow exhales. And this results in our bodies not receiving sufficient oxygen to make them function at an optimal level. The longer this less than ideal breath sequence happens, the more deprived we are and the worse the situation becomes. I am not here to teach you how to breathe. You know how to do that already. And there is a lot of information available out there on the internet and otherwise, from reliable, knowledgeable, experienced teachers on how to manage breath work and what a wonderful tool it can be for addressing a whole host of feelings and emotions and for nourishing our bodies. What I wanted to do today is identify breath as a powerful tool in your arsenal of self-care. Consider using it. It can work wonders in calming the mind, restoring balance, returning perspective. There is something else I learned to do when I'm stressed, anxious, or depleted. It works really well for me, and it might work for you as well. That is, believe it or not, sitting on the ground. I sit cross-legged most of the time, but there are also days when I need to assume a different position, and that is perfectly fine. There is no need to put pressure on yourself about how to sit. As part of your self-care, listen to your body and follow its cues. Chogyang Trungpa Rinpoche, a colorful Buddhist scholar, meditation master, and a prolific writer, wrote in his book Insights as follows. Earth is always earth. The earth will let anyone sit on it, and earth never gives way. It never lets you go. You don't drop off this earth and go flying through outer space. Likewise, sky is always sky. Heaven is always heaven above you. Whether it is snowing or raining or the sun is shining, whether it is daytime or nighttime, the sky is always there. 
In that sense, we know that heaven and earth are trustworthy. So maybe that is why I like to sit on the ground. It grounds me. The earth is trustworthy. It welcomes everyone. It does not discriminate. We don't always have a chance to sit outside and look up at the sky, experience this act in its most natural state. But sitting down on the ground at home, on any surface, the carpet, the hardwood, it works for me. It's at the very least a metaphor for what Trungpa Rinpoche was talking about. It's a way to center oneself and return to a more balanced state. If I'm able to sit like this, even for no more than five minutes, turning off as many distractions as possible, it's an important five minutes of self-care. You need it. And no, it's not easy to turn off thoughts. Some call it an art. Some call it a science. And much has been written about this subject by Buddhists, but also increasingly by mainstream scientists who confirm that meditation alters brain activity for the better. I'm not selling meditation to you. It's not for everyone. I love it, but you may not. That is not my point. What I am encouraging you to do is take small pieces of time for self-care if longer periods are not available to you. In the words of Cindy Lee, Buddhist, yogini, and once owner of the famed Om Yoga Studio in New York, what we practice, we imprint. If you are able to implement a sustained regular schedule of self-care as you are dealing with your separation. These practices, these moments will imprint themselves and you will carry them with you. You will be able to tap into them when you're feeling pressure and stress. You will be able to call them up, drop into a calmer, more balanced state more easily. What I have given you are some suggestions based on what works for me. But this is not about me. This is about you. What I want to leave you with is the following thought. As you are working through a separation, you will need to recharge, replenish, top up your fuel from time to time. There is very little doubt about that. Self-medicating with alcohol and other substances is fraught with complications. That should not be your first go-to. Think about moments in your life when your mind was clearest, when you felt most in balance, in tune with your body and your mind. Where were you? What were you doing? In what context were you feeling this way? Can you perhaps recreate at least some of that scenery, those circumstances, each day for five minutes? Each one of us has a safe place we can go to for self-care. Some of us already know what it is. Some still need to 
identified, but it's there. As you are tackling this time of profound change in your life, stop, name how you feel, and identify what you need. And then figure out how to look after yourself. Give yourself love and compassion. Restore your balance, even a bit at a time. It's very important and you deserve it. In fact, it's essential. Because self-care is one of the keys to a sane split. Thank you for listening. I hope you will tune in again. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach me through my website, separationinontario.com. Subscribing to the podcast through your favorite app will make future episodes available to you automatically. Signing off for now.